سبحان ربك بالعزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Tonight is the night of the 15th of Sha'ban and it means this is the last marker to indicate the coming of Ramadan. Different ulama muhaddithin took different positions on the significance and importance of this night and about the importance of fasting tomorrow. Before I explain to you what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, I wanted to give you a little lesson. So I will just take one aspect of this, and the lesson is about fasting tomorrow. Question is the significance of the fast of the 15th of Sha'ban. So there is a hadith, which according to the Muhaddithin is weak in narration, which mentions the particular past of the 15th of Shaban. However, however, there is a hadith which is absolutely strictly authentic in narration, which mentions that Sayyidina Rasulullah very often, not always, but very often, used to fast the 13th, 14th, and 15th of every lunar month. And this is something that all of the fuqaha, the jurists of all the four legal methodologies accepted and would list as the sunnah fast 13th, 14th, and 15th of the month. Second, there's an absolutely authentic hadith in which it is mentioned that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu used to increase his extra fasting in the month of Shaban. These are two confirmed facts. Now, what does it mean? For us, we have to follow the sunnah mizar, sunnah temperament of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa And what it means is he used to do more extra fasts in Shaban than he did extra fasts in any of the other ten months of the year. One is Ramadan, that's all fine. So me and you have to follow that sunnah that we should do more extra fasts in Shaban than we do in any other month of the year. Now when we want to choose how to make those extra fasts in Shaban, the first choice is the Sunnah fast of 13, 14, and 15 of the lunar month. Second choice is the Mondays and Thursdays of the lunar month. So therefore from these two absolutely authentic hadith, it is established that for me and you, and especially, and the vast majority of people here listening tonight, will be people who do not offer the 13th, 14th, 15th, regularly of every month. So when they do Amal on the Sunnah, that in Shaban I want to do extra fast, optional fast, more, they will fast on the 13th, 14th, 15th of this month. And they can choose any one of those to fast. And because of these two authentic hadith, then you tack on the no doubt, absolutely no doubt, hadith of weak narration, and if you say, I want to pick one of those three days to fast, then because of the weak hadith can be used for tajih, 
to select which one of the 13, 14, 15, if you only want to factor one of the three, you can pick the 15th of Shabbat. So now the reason I wanted to clear this air is that so you understand the important lesson is that ulama and fuqaha, their understanding of hadith is deep because they're looking at hadith in light of the rest of the hadith on that topic. They're looking at the rest of the hadith in light of all of the hadith and their understanding, broader understanding of the sunnah and that understanding of the jurists of hadith will be always deeper than a literalist word-for-word superficial reading of hadith. Alright? And this also clears the air in case anyone even may have received some WhatsApp or email telling them that they should not be fasting tomorrow. This is not the state of the ummah. If anyone in the ummah is going to do any good deed, and as long as we're not elevating it to some concept of farb, we should not try to discourage them and detract them from doing those good deeds. Now that this air is cleared, tonight I want to use the fact that all of you are here, mashallah, to understand that the sunnah of the Prophet in Ghazib and Shaban was his mind and heart was looking towards Ramadan. That dua that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu made, that, O oh Allah, grant me barakah in Ghazib, grant me barakah in Shaban, and make me reach Ramadan. So what does it mean? It means that I need two entire months full of barakah. I need the whole month of Rajab full of barakah. And I need the whole month of Shaban full of barakah. And then I need to reach Ramadan with two full months of barakah so that I can fulfill this mission that you've given me, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ that I can finally become a muttaki person in Ramadan. That's how mean you should be thinking. So it's actually not just about one night. That dua, which is also completely authentic hadith, is teaching us that the whole month of Shaban, the whole month of Shaban is supposed to be focused on this coming of Ramadan. So this is what we want to do tonight, is to focus on the coming of Ramadan. And the name of the game is this, that what are we going to do differently this year, and what are we going to do better this year? It's not acceptable to do it the same as we did the previous year. Because in our dunya, we're not like that. We always want progress, improvement, betterment. Every year, people want to do more. They want more profits in their business. They want more patients in their clinics. They want more education for their children. So then, what is the greatest thing in our life? It's our imam, it's our deen. And Allah Ta'ala is sending this month of Ramadan so that we do more for him. So that we get more in our deen. And if we pass through Ramadan without increasing in our taqwa and our haya and our sunnah and zikr, we have missed a great opportunity. Now this coming of 15th of Shaban, one of the great awliyaullah, Imam al-Rabbani Sheikh Ahmad Sarhindi, he wrote and he likened the 15th of Shaban to Fajr and the night of the first of Ramadan to sunrise. What does that mean? Sunrise to do is when the sun pierces and first appears in the horizon. Just like that when you first see the first sliver of the crescent moon, that is the first of Ramadan. But before even that the sun pierces the horizon, the noon of the sun starts coming in at the time of Fajr. So he said before even the month of Ramadan starts, the noon of Ramadan starts coming in at the 15th of Shaban. Allahu Akbar Kabira. And these were things these old Yamasak used to experience. 
But you see, in Urdu, yik tizam me chizoti. This is something that they could perceive with their heart. And it's a perception that many of us have lost in this day and age. So, and this is the last home stretch until Ramadan that we have to use to prepare for this month of Ramadan. Now understand that the month of Ramadan should never be understood as just the month of fasting. Ramadan is much, much more than just fasting. The fast is the key in Ramadan. Now imagine if somebody gives you just a key, there's no house, there's no door, there's no driveway, you will say, what's the value of this key? The value of the key is when it's used, the value of the key is when it's used to enter a world. It's not even just a mansion, it's not even just a palace. This deen is an infinite world. There's limitless taqwa, limitless hayah, limitless dhikr. And Ramadan Allah puts a key in our hand just because of the simple act of fasting that we do. So it's very important that we teach our children this message also. Don't train them that Ramadan is the month of fasting. Tell them Ramadan is the month of Rahmah, Ramadan is the month of Maghfirah, Ramadan is the month of Hidayah, and Ramadan is the month of Wilayah. Ramadan is the month that a plain, old, ordinary believer can within 30-day program become the Wali of Allah SWT. My daughter father, Allah Yusuf bin Oyram Allah Yusuf bin Oyram He used to say this in Bayan, that Ramadan is the month when a person can become the Wali of Allah SWT. And he said, I'll give you delay from Quran. When Allah Ta'ala taught us to fast from Ramadan, he said, La'allukum tattakoon, so that you have taqwa. And in other words, Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, In awliya'uhu illa al-muttakoon, that who are the awliya except the people of taqwa. So Ramadan equals taqwa. Taqwa equals wilaya. So the goal we have to set for Ramadan is, Ya Allah, I want you to give me tawfiq to spend this month in such a way that by the end of this month, I become a wali of Allah SWT. Now, we will never know that about ourselves. But this is a dream. This is a wish. I want to befriend you in this month. I want to befriend the sunnah in this month. I want to befriend the sharia in this month. I want to leave any and all sins in this month. I want to leave every bad habit, character, trait in this month. And the beginning of that journey is I'm going to fast for your sake. I'm going to leave that which is halal for your sake. I'm going to leave my basic needs for your sake. When I can leave my basic needs for your sake, thy bodily needs for your sake, then I will be trained to leave my nafs needs for your sake. My nafs has lustful needs. My nafs has urges of greed. My nafs has feelings of pride. So I will suppress my bodily needs and urges. Allah Ta'ala, you will help me to suppress my nafs's needs and urges. You have to take an attitude towards Ramadan. You have to have such an approach towards Ramadan. And if we don't have that approach, then Ramadan will just pass like it always has. You know, once in another country, I was asked to give a talk on preparing for Ramadan. So I asked the people in the audience, why do you need a talk on preparing for Ramadan? Have you ever fasted before? Is this something new for you? Yes, maybe somebody's going on Hajj for the first time in their life. We do seminar preparing for Hajj and we guide them through how the steps of Hajj are. But a person who has fasted 5 Ramadan, 10 Ramadan, 30 Ramadan, some of you, mashallah, 40 Ramadan, why in the world would you need to talk on preparing for Ramadan? Hmm? And it's something we've done for years and years and years. So that's just to reflect on what exactly happened to us that we are unprepared. 
What in the world have we been doing year-round that we find ourselves unprepared? And what can we do differently this year in Ramadan that next year we're already prepared for in advance? Hmm? Now there are two ways to prepare for Ramadan. One is the bayan. I'll give it to you in summer. One is the bayan. And second is, forget the bayan. Second is that you view Ramadan like an ocean wave coming at you. Mashallah, this is Durban. Huh? So what does it mean? That the person, that surfer guy, so what does he do? He goes and presents himself. He goes and he travels and he walks down and he goes down the beach and he stands at the shore and he sees that big tidal wave coming and he spreads his arm out and he just says, take me away. Hmm? That's how you should feel about Ramadan. This is the feeling when you cross 15th of Shaban. 15th of Shaban means you can see the tidal wave of the month of Ramadan coming. You can see that new rahmah barakat of Allah SWT coming. And now you start shedding your life. You start shedding your dunya. You start shedding all your duties and occupations and busynesses. And you start walking. And you have, it's metaphorical. You start approaching that wave. And all you want to do is hold yourself out. And this is my only preparation that I give myself entirely over to the rahmah of Allah Ta'ala in this month of Ramadan. That's the real preparation. That I give myself to the deen entirely. That you should enter deen of Islam absolutely, completely, utterly, deeply. Kafa literally means sufficiently. And we should be so thirsty for deen that there's no amount that suffices for us. We never feel that I've taken a sufficient amount. We always feel this about ourselves. I have insufficient taqwa, I want more. I have insufficient high, I want more. I have insufficient sunnah, I want more. And Ramadan is the month of more. Where Allah Ta'ala takes all of that deen, which maybe we thought was out of our reach, and Allah is going to put it right in our reach. All you have to do is do the fast, and all of deen comes in your reach. All of deen comes in your reach. One example we give of this sometimes is that the very first night of Ramadan, the very first night, many people in Shalatara will stand in extra salah for one and a half hours called Tarawih. Where did they get the energy to do this? These are people who all year round, mostly, never could stand for one and a half hours in extra salah. And they haven't even fasted yet because it's the night of the first Ramadan. So you can't say because of the balak of the fast, they haven't fasted yet. What do they do? They were just alive in a state of Iman from the time of Maghrib to Isha, simply existing in a state of Iman for one and a half hours in that month of Ramadan had such an effect on their heart that they could stand for 20 rakat salat for Tarawi. So then imagine if one and a half hours of Iman in Ramadan can make a person increase so much in their ibadah, then what would happen? A person has spent properly 30 entire days and nights of the month of Ramadan. How much power is there in that month that just one hour of that month makes a stand in, in Tarawi? Hmm? Not even having fasted yet. The power of Ramadan is indescribable. It's unimaginable. And it's an incredible gift from Allah SWT. And another incredible thing is that every year Allah Ta'ala sends this Ramadan again. He doesn't look at the hal of the ummah. He sends that same amount of rahmah. The rahmah Allah Ta'ala will send in Ramadan, inshallah, is the same amount of rahmah and barakah that he sent on the Sahaba Kram. Allah Ta'ala doesn't decrease it at all. The same full strength, full power, full mercy Ramadan will come down on us. 
even though we are not that same full-time ummah, we are not that full power ummah like the Sahaba Kram were. So the condition of the ummah decline, 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 decline. Allah Ta'ala sends the full mercy of this Ramadan still. Allah Akbar Kabira, hmm? this is such a kareem Allah Ta'ala, such a raheem Allah Ta'ala. Although if you think about it logically, analytically, what should have happened, Allah Ta'ala should send mercies according to our amal, He should send the mercy according to our hal, according to our condition, according to our actions. It should be much less now than it has been in the past. No. So these things, Ramadan and Hajj, this is why these are rukan. These are foundations of our deen. And the foundation is the asal. The, fa- the foundation is the real mm, core. The foundation is the launching pad. Every Ramadan, any person, it doesn't matter how distant they may be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doesn't mean what pile of sins we may be accumulated on our shoulders. Ramadan can launch any and every believer fully into taqwa, fully make them from the salihin. That's the power of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar But to tap into that power, you have to want it. That's the first step. You have to be desperate for it. You have to be thirsty for it. And you have to make niyyat. Innama amalu bin niyyat. You have to make this intention. And this is the first mistake a lot of us make. That our intention about the month is simply the fast. That's it. Again, we reduced it just to a month of fasting. No, you have to go for complete the sentence. I intend, when it comes at night, I intend to fast tomorrow, first fast for the month of Ramadan, in order to please my Rabb and get his Rahma and get his Magra and get his Hidayah and get his Wilayah. You have to complete the intention. When you complete the intention, then you will complete the mission. And if the intention is just this, that I'm not going to eat and drink from Fajr to Maghrib, that's all you will get. That's it. It depends on how much you want from it. Do you want your life to change, or do you just want your eating timetable to change? It depends what you want. You will get what you want. And many people, they make that mistake. The only thing they want is their eating and sleeping timings to change. And their menu to change. That's it. So they get it. The eating time changes, the sleeping time changes, and there are many changes, and they don't change themselves. The farb, farb, the farb of deen are intense. You know, the, the change that a farb act brings in a person is astronomically more than any nafil extra act can bring in a person. 30 consecutive farb fast, Allah Kabira. Hmm? The power of that is phenomenal. So we don't want to remain unchanged by that power of Ramadan. We don't want to be unmoved by that power of Ramadan. This is the karam and fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is going to, inshallah ta'ala, give us tawfiq to enter this month. Another thing Imam al-Rabari Allah ta'ala wrote was that just like Sayyidina Yusuf al-Islam was unique from the rest of the 12 siblings, he wrote just like that, that the month of Ramadan is unique from the rest of the 12 months. And the amount of rahma and mercy that Allah Santa sends in Ramadan, if you put that on one side, and the amount of rahma and maghfirah, mercy, forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala sends in the, another, another, the other 11 months on the other side, the mercy of Ramadan is weightier, is more intense. So then who should be more thirsty for Ramadan? Sinners. The one who needs that mercy more. The one who needs that forgiveness more. So actually, Ramadan is a month to produce muttaqeen from the sinning mu'mini. It's the perfect thing for us. It's exactly what we are, and it's exactly what we need, and it's exactly what we need to be. 
What we are, we are sinners. What we need is Allah Ta'ala's mercy and forgiveness. And what we need to become is muttaqeen. It's exactly the need that we have. So we have to send this from Adam with passion, with earnest. Then another thing he mentions is that when you do something in Ramadan, in the following way, that you do it and you make dua to Allah SWT to kabul, to accept that act amal ibadah, and third, you make dua to Allah Ta'ala to grant you istiqamah on that act amal in ibadah, then if you do that for 30 days, like a 30 day training, Allah SWT will make that your sifat. Sifat means it will become your attribute. Sifat we say in Arabic is ghair munfaq, it can never be separable from you. It will become your inseparable, ingrained character and habit if you do it like that. So for example, let's say a person says, okay, I will recite one juz, one sifara a day. And every time they recite it, their intention and du'as, Allah Ta'ala accept it. And every time they make du'as, Allah Ta'ala accept it. They make du'a, Allah Ta'ala grant me istiqamat on it after Ramadan. If they do that for 30 days, Allah Ta'ala grants them istiqamat after Ramadan. So in other words, use Ramadan as a platform. Ramadan is not a discrete 30-day task. It's a training for after Ramadan. Spend Ramadan in such a way for the sake of who you want to become after Ramadan. Ramadan doesn't end at Eid. Eid is the beginning of the test of how you spent Ramadan. So Eid is not the end of Ramadan. In fact, even the Arabic language explains this. Ramadan has two different source meanings. One of them comes from this word tarmid. Tarmid means to sharpen. So when you take out a knife and sharpen it, you don't sharpen it for 30 days and then put it back in the drawer. The reason you sharpen it is because you want to use it. So Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala sent for us to sharpen, hold our taqwa, our haya, our sunnah, our zikr, so that we will use it afterwards. So a lot of people, they don't realize that also. They don't launch. They just step on it and as soon as it comes, they step back down. They just step on the member and they step back down. You're supposed to climb and climb and climb and eventually leap and soar due to the barakah and power of this Ramadan. Again, it's going to be about our outlook. It's going to be about our intention. And our outlook and intention is what's going to determine our effort. So this point is very ahem. If there's any attribute you want in yourself, any attribute you feel lacking in yourself, maybe it's kindness to one's spouse. All 30 days be kind to your spouse. And every time you're kind to her, make dua, Allah Ta'ala accept this kindness from me. And make dua, Allah Ta'ala make me have istiqamah on this kindness. Maybe we want to get rid of our anger. Every day try to swallow that anger. Make dua to Allah Ta'ala accept this effort of mine. Allah Ta'ala grant me istiqamah and make me as gentle as Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi was gentle. Make me angry only lilla at the things he would get angry about. So don't make. Ya Allah Ta'ala take out all the anger that is in me except that which my beloved messenger would have been angry about. Allah You have to want it. 30 days, you have to want it. 30 days, you have to work on it. Then a person will change. Sayyidina Ali used to say, it was his own quote about Ramadan, that the fact that Allah Ta'ala sends Ramadan every year is another proof that Allah Ta'ala will not send his collective Arab, his Arab and the collective Ummah. Alhamdulillah, we know from other hadith that Allah Ta'ala has saved this ummah from complete, absolute, collective adab. And one reason Sayyidina Ali gave was simply this act that the coming of Ramadan. What he meant was that if ever Allah Ta'ala would have wanted to punish the entire ummah, then he would have never sent Ramadan. So Ramadan is an indicator of Allah Ta'ala's love and mercy and forgiveness to us. 
and we should feel loved. We should feel wanted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should feel the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He selected us for this amal of fasting. Hmm? The fasting has been prescribed upon you as it was prescribed on those before you. But in a special way for this ummah, a unique way for this ummah, is this month of Ramadan. Is this month of Ramadan. And that's why Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, on the last one year, on the last Jummah of Shaban, he gave bayan to Sahabakram. And that long hadith, that whole bayan was about Ramadan. And Nabi Kareem wasallam, said that there is a month coming upon us, O my companions, that is a month of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A month of the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another sunnah of the Prophet is Umar Mu'mineen Sayyidah Aisha Rajatana narrates that he increased his ibadah and his sadaqah in Ramadan. So what does this mean? The core relationship with Allah Taala is ibadah. And the core relationship with creation is sadaqah. The best way to increase your hukuk Allah is do more ibadah. And the best way to increase your hukuk Allah is to do more sadaqah. Now ibadah means any and all types of worship. And sadaqah just doesn't mean monetary charity. Sadaqah means to give your time. Sadaqah means to give dawah. Sadaqah means to teach your ilm of deen. Sadaqah means to spend time with your family. Even Sayyidina Rasulullah said, even sadaqah is just a smile. So this is our training. My whole relationship with others should be on the basis of sadaqah. So we need to think about all our relationships in Ramadan. It's not just enough in Ramadan, okay, I fast, and I pray tarawih, and I recite Quran. Deen taught us how to behave with each other. If we really tapped into the mercy of Ramadan, we have to learn to be merciful more towards each other. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that you should have mercy, be more merciful towards those who are on earth, and that being who is on the earth will become more merciful towards you. So this is part of the teaching of Rahman and our deen. It's not just that we want Allah to forgive us for our sins. So then for every relationship we are in, Maybe it's husband-wife, maybe it's parent-child, maybe it's child-parent, maybe it's in-laws, maybe it's employer-employee, maybe it's manager-underling, whatever the relation, maybe Ustaz Shagird, Sheikh Murid, or Imam Muqtadi, fellow member of committee, whatever relationship it's in, you have to improve that relationship in Ramadan. You have to take advantage of that mercy and hidayah from Allah Taala to improve in every single relationship. Find some aspect of sadaqah, some way of sadaqah, of being charitable in your behavior, charitable towards others. Sometimes being charitable even means to overlook that person, to f- faults, to forgive that person. Charitable towards others. So this is Nabi Akhirin. Now, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa year-round, obviously did ibadah, year-round he gave sadaqah. But for Umar Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Aisha, to mention this as such a remarkable increase, so this is also sunnah. So what does it mean? That you should have such an increase in your ibadah that it's remarkable. Not necessarily that you're doing it for somebody to say it, but the point is it's such a big increase in ibadah that it's something that would be remarkable. Such a big increase in sadaqah that it's remarkable. That is the sunnah of Nabi Yaqeeb. Then this feeling, so now one aspect specifically about the actual aspect of sadaqah, is because the, the, the literal meaning which is charity is because one of the reasons Allah Ta'ala wants us to fast is to feel the feeling of hunger. Now, in earlier times, maybe they couldn't have grasped this. 
Because earlier times the Muslims weren't like me and you, always with full stomachs and full fridges. Awkward, mashallah, cold room. SubhanAllah. I've never ever seen that in America. Never. Not in somebody's house. Maybe like a restaurant may have that. Right? So, this is a new ummah now. Right? Allah Ta'ala has blessed us and it's fine. We do shukr for the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. No doubt. You can do shukr for the full fridge and for the cold room and this is our ability. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us. We want anything, we just go get it. You can have a craving for a juice, you just drive down the shop and you get it. Anything you want. So this is Allah Ta'ala has given many members of this ummah this certain luxury. So that all the more important for those members of the ummah to feel the sting of the hunger of the fast. Because when they feel the want and need, you see hunger is such a primal urge. We don't know what that is. Don't think that, no, no, I feel hungry sometimes. No, no. Hunger is like something that when you don't eat for three days, when you don't eat for five days, that's called hunger. Hunger isn't when you don't eat for ten hours. Alright? But Allah Ta'ala wants us to taste something of that hunger, to get a feeling, a reality check, that even though Allah Ta'ala may, out of His infinite fuzzle and karam on me, given me so much, there are humans out there, and you're in Africa, there are humans out there who are suffering in poverty, who are suffering in hunger, who are suffering in famine. And Ya Allah, I didn't even realize, if I felt a little bit of hunger, just because I'm fasting, now Allah Ta'ala realized what they must be feeling. And what they must be feeling for their children. And the inability to provide food for their children. So that monetary aspect of sadaqah in this month should be directed towards the poorest of the poor. Our Jews, they used to give this statement, that what is that way of giving charity that is the best at poverty alleviation? And it's our responsibility to think like that. It's your job. Every community is different. Every area is different. You need to maybe have a group of muftis, group of economists, they should sit down together and figure out what is the best way of giving sadhaka that we can eradicate the poverty. Hmm? That's also part of the spirit of Ramadan. You know, so Jeeb, one hadith, Allah SWT was saying in the Day of Judgment that, oh my servant, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. Allah Obviously, Allah is beyond any such thing. But he would choose to express it like that to that person on the day of judgment. What it meant was that there were people who were hungry around you. And you had more than you needed. You had more than you needed. And you could have shared it and spread it. And uh, spread it and erased their hunger. But you didn't do so. But the way Allah will say this, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. Or I was thirsty and you didn't give me water. Allah Akbar Kabira. It means Allah Ta'ala takes it personally. Allah found that's what it means. Allah Ta'ala took it personally. That we had more and we couldn't eliminate the hunger. This is also a very important aspect of this month of Ramadan. Very important aspect of this month of Ramadan. Now because Allah Ta'ala wanted us to be forgiven in this month, Allah Ta'ala in the coming month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has put some features in Ramadan. The fast is the first feature. So I want to explain the fast to you. Because a lot of us, we need to even do the fasting part better and do the fasting part different. The purpose of the physical fast is to tame the nafs. Imam al-Ghazali wrote in his ahya that whenever you eat more than your body needs, guess who gets those extra calories? Guess who gets the extra energy? 
for nafs. So you eat for a certain amount, which is to give energy to your body, and then if you keep eating, that energy goes to your nafs. Now maybe there might be one percent of us who has a nafs mutminna. Otherwise, those of us who have nafs amara, and you're giving energy bar to that nafs amara, so that nafs amara is going to trap you up into sin. So the purpose of Ramadan is to eat less. It's not just to abstain. What it means is in 24 hours, your calorie intake should be less in Ramadan than it was 24 hours outside Ramadan. But that's not going to happen if you have every single savory and samosa and fried and fatty food on every suhoor and every iftar. And I don't know, even I've been doing this for two years in Ramadan, but the situation is here, but in Pakistan it's like a joke amongst people. It means in English that their weight goes up in Ramadan. And it happens. <laughs> if you do that, it's halal. You can, technically speaking, you can eat as much as you want from Maghrib to Fajr. But you're spoiling your training. You see an athlete when it is tournament time, when it is Olympics time, let's say, right? They control their eating for a particular reason so that they can increase their physical fitness. In Ramadan, you want to control your eating from Maghrib to Fajr in order to increase your spiritual fitness. So we're all the pros at not eating from Fajr to Maghrib. This year, Ramadan, watch how much you eat from Maghrib to Fajr. And you will see it in yourself. The less you eat, the stronger you will be in Tarawih. The less sleepy you will be, the more you can focus on the recitation, the more you'll be able to feel that Salah. The less you eat late night, the earlier you'll be able to wake up the more tahajjud in the body you'll be able to pray. Another thing I will tell you from the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah which a lot of people don't follow, his suhoor was more and his iftar was less. Most people, they eat more in iftar, and I've observed this a lot in South Africa, and they eat much less in suhoor. When you, the food that you eat at suhoor counts as ibadah. Yes, the suhoor meal is a sunnah. The iftar is a hajjah. It's a need that we break our fast at the time, and no doubt is blessed because we fasted, but the suhoor meal is sunnah. And there's a hadith in the sunnah of Imam Abu Dawud, that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to eat dates at suhoor. But we, we do eat breaks at fast with the date as well, but he used to eat dates at suhoor also. So you have to change the way you eat, and you have to change the amount you eat. And you will discover this. Now this shouldn't be something just as written in the books of Imam al-Rali. This should be something that each and every one of me and you actually should experience this. That when I have a lighter stomach, I'm able to do better ibadah. This is the goal. Try to experience that. Try to make that a reality for yourself. Discover this reality for yourself in the month of Ramadan. So the first feature is the fast itself. The less you overeat, and the less you eat, it brings taqwa. And there's a lesson in this also. The lesson is what? Because if you think about it, لَلَكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ The mission of taqwa. And the act is stay away from food and drink. So food and drink is something zahir, something outward and apparent. And taqwa is something batin. So I'm giving us a lesson. What you do in the zahir will affect your batin. What you do in the zahir will affect your batin. You have more zahir sunnah, you have more batin sunnah. You have more zahir taqwa, you lower your gaze, you have more batin haya. The zahir affects the batin. And the whole practice of fasting is giving us a lesson of that. The second feature 
of this month of Ramadan, so the first is the fast itself. The second Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned hadith is that when a person does one thing that is fard, Allah gives him 70 rewards for that. Now, sometimes people wonder, but why are some hadith very mathematical and multiplying? And I'll be honest with you, in the early tradition of the Sawur, some of the Sufiya, they used to be against this. Let's say, Rabi al-Basri said that that person who is worshipping for the sake of Jannah, I set fire to the Jannah. That person who is worshipping for reward, so they should worship only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Rabbani Sheikh Ahmed Sahib wrote that Rabi al-Basri was wrong. That she was nakis. She was emotional, she was passionate, it was a good emotion, but it's wrong. Because the highest emotion for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is called ubudiyah. Ubudiyah means I'm a slave and I'm submissive. And sometimes the slave, out of his humility, accepts the rewards the master has to give. So because Allah Ta'ala wants us to think about this, we will think it, there's no level beyond what the process and taught us. So if Nabi Kareem Sussan was teaching us this, that one part equals 70, it means that we were meant to be encouraged by this mathematical multiplier. Not that, oh, I'm above and beyond that, and I do it all only for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So what does that mean? You should be more earnest in your fara'id. You should try to do them better. You should try to pray all the salah in jama'ah, like the way you pray taraweeh in jama'ah in the masjid. You should try that if any, and, and technically, there's two ideas about the zakat. If you have any outstanding zakat, especially long outstanding zakat, then yes, if you give it in Ramadan because of the hadith, you can hope for that reward that you get 70 times more. But the greater principle that I told you is to give zakat in a way that's best for the poor. And sometimes, depending on how your community is, and I don't know enough about that, it might be better to have a year-round disbursement. So the way you can join these things is you can donate your zakat in Ramadan so that you get that 70 times reward, but then that group or organization or ulama, muftiyan, ikram, who distribute your zakat, they can disperse it year-round. So they do the collection in Ramadan, so you get the 70 times reward, but they do the distribution year-round, so it's more beneficial to alleviating poverty. You should have the thirst for that. You should want the 70 times or more reward. And then the third feature in the Kareem Sallallahu mentioned is that when a person does a non-fard, any non-fard, any non-fard, Allah Ta'ala will treat it like it's a fard. Like it's a fard. Now let me give you examples why we need this math. Because Allah Ta'ala wanted to forgive even that sinner who, for example, doesn't even pray. Or maybe there's that sinner who never prayed fajr. So obviously when he shows up in Ramadan, he shows up in Ramadan and decides to pray fajr all 30 days. Okay, but that 30 days, every time Allah Ta'ala gave him 70 times the reward, so it's like he prayed 2,100 fajr. Allah Ta'ala's helping him catch up. So this is a special thing to help those who are negligent of the fara'id. Allah Ta'ala multiplied the fara'id they do in Ramadan. Then for that person who was doing the fara'id, but they didn't do a lot of extra things, they basically stuck to the bare minimum basics. They show up in Ramadan, and they're encouraged by Allah's mercy in Ramadan, so they start doing more. They start doing some sunnah, some nafil, some recitation of Qur'an, some salawat, some istighfar, some zikr. Allah gives them the rate of fun. Allah Akbar Kabira. Now just think your tarawih, it's not fun. Allah will give it the reward of fun. Twenty more accounts put in your account at the fun level. So when you build up, build up, now who needs to build this up? Look at your past life, how deficient are my fun salah. 
So I have a lot of deficiencies there. Maybe I have some kaza. Maybe I have low quality ones. So let me try to increase my extra prayers in this coming of Ramadan because every extra prayer I pray in Ramadan also is going to put that in the third category. He's going to treat it like a third salah. Allah is helping. These teachers are ways that Allah Ta'ala is helping us to earn His mercy and forgiveness in this month. Next feature is that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that the shayateen will be chained. Shayateen, shaitan, and all of his minions and assistants will be chained. Allah Kabira, this also wake up call, that if anybody does any sin in Ramadan, it means they were doing that sin due to their nafs. If there's any sin in Ramadan, you can't leave. Any sin that you have a longing for even. Even you don't do it, but you long for it. You have a memory of it. You are tempted to return to it. All of that is a proof that that sin was due to your nafs and not due to shaitan. But don't worry about that. Don't do that first. The fasting was to trim the nafs. So the fasting was to trim the nafs. The other thing that made us to evil was shaitan or to change shaitan into shaitan. Allah both things taken care of in Ramadan, nafs and shaitan. Next feature is Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned that Allah Ta'ala opens up the gates of Jannah. Now, number one, this is literal. Allah Ta'ala casts wide open gates of Jannah. And the Muhammadin have also mentioned it means that Allah Ta'ala eases, He broadens and opens, which means He eases the paths leading to Jannah, the amal leading to Jannah the behavior that will lead to Jannah, the akhlaq that leads to Jannah, means it's easier to follow a way of life that will lead to Jannah in the month of Ramadan. Allah And another meaning you can take is, you know, when you walk in, and this just happened to me earlier today, that somebody called and said, have your guard open the gate. So when we pulled in, the gate was already open. So when you come and you, when you have this feeling that the doors are open, that's welcoming. That shows that the person wants you to come. So when Allah Ta'ala casts wide open the gates of Jannah, it's Wallahu Yadu Dar Salaam, that Allah Ta'ala is inviting us and wants us to enter Jannah. So one is that, okay, I want to enter Jannah. That's always there for a believer. In Ramadan, extra more Allah Ta'ala wants us to enter Jannah. So He casts open the doors. And exactly the opposite feature is there. Allah Ta'ala closes the gates and the doors of Jannah. Why? Literally, yes. Also, figuratively, Allah Ta'ala makes it harder to do those things that lead to Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala makes it harder to follow that way of life and path that leads to Jahannam. Allah Akbar. Hmm? The same thing, when you go to a place and all the doors are shut, right? All the doors are shut, the shutters are shut, the gate is shut. What do you think? You think the person doesn't want me to go there. <laughs> it doesn't want me to go. And that's the feeling Allah Ta'ala is saying. Now just imagine, even that's one thing. Then in Ramadan I'm going to spend 30 days and nights that my Allah wants me to go to Jannah and my Allah doesn't want me to go to Jannah. Now that's actually the state all the time because that's how, how Allah SWT is. But it's extra more there in this month of Ramadan. Then the Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi said another feature that Allah makes the angels and the creation and the birds and the fish make dua maghfirah, particularly in dua maghfirah. Law of forgiveness for the fasting believer. Now, if you take this in a scientific way, right, and rather than fish, if I was to say all the organisms and microorganisms in the ocean, then that's according to science trillions and trillions and trillions of life forms. 
and nobody knows how many angels there are. Hmm? Allah alone, they may be in millions, they may be in billions, they may be in trillions. Even the angels, Ajayib wants to, as Allah will explain it this way, that when Allah calls his angels, he means all the angels. And that includes a particular set of angels who make the walk around the arsh of Allah SWT, Baitul Mahmood. Now, otherwise, all the time they're, they're making the all the time they're doing the tasbih and hamdulillah all the time they're glorifying Allah Ta'ala that when Ramadan comes Allah Ta'ala tells those angels that you keep making du'as around my earth but it's Ramadan now you won't be making my tasbih you will make du'a makhra for my passing believers Allah Akbar Kibira can you imagine this all these things indicate how much Allah Ta'ala wants to give us how much he wants to forgive us you tell me if one mother, because we know not being the du'a of a mother is accepted. If one of our mothers makes du'a for our forgiveness, we'll get so happy. If our hips ustad make du'a for forgiveness, we'll be happy. If the alim ustad imam make du'a for forgiveness. If sheikh make du'a for forgiveness. And then all these angels making du'a for forgiveness. How should a person feel? Hmm? He should feel forgiven. He should feel humbled. He should feel grateful to Allah SWT and the gratefulness is, the gratitude is that Allah SWT is going to You're so kind. You're forgiving me for all the sins I did. You're making all the creation make dua for forgiveness of me. Allah SWT, I make toba. <laughs> I leave it all. I leave it once and for all and my shukr to you is this that I'm going to make myself amongst the muttaqeen. I will make myself in your obedient ibadah. All of these things are not just leading to Mughra, they're also all leading towards Taqwa. La'allakum tattakoon, la'allakum tattakoon. Every feature in Ramadan is trying to lead us towards this Taqwa, fear of Allah SWT, obedience to Allah SWT. Now with so many features, how is it that we don't change? It's our own fault. Every single thing is there, but me and you become the missing ingredient. That's it. We are so stubborn, and it's almost like we try to resist all of this, and we try to remain the same old person again. So if in this year Ramadan we can fix that missing ingredient, which is ourselves, and we should put our full share in this fast of Ramadan. And the next feature, Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that the dua that a person makes at Sukhur, and the dua that a person makes at Iftar, these are accepted by Allah SWT. Makbul. These are times of kabuliyatul dua. Now, alhamdulillah, maybe many people aren't always up at the time of tahajjud, but because of the barakah of Ramadan, to have the sunnah of the meal, and even the physical need to have a meal, a person is awake at that time. Try to make sure this Ramadan, you try to do the sunnah of tahajjud, even if you just pray two rakat at that time. Now, most people, we don't pray tajjid because we're sleeping, okay? But if you're awake at that time, no doubt we woke up to eat, eat the suhoor, but if you're awake, try to pray two rakats tajjid. And try to make some dua to Allah subhanahu because that's a time of acceptance and dua. And really, because so many things are combined at that moment, Generally, it's a time of acceptance last third, and on top of it, it's the time of suhoor and Ramadan. So this is a gift from Allah SWT. And same thing is for the time of iftar. 
Now, what does it mean exactly? When is this dua accepted? Because normally when you hear around and you break your fast and you eat and then you go from But yes, you can start making this dua even before the adhan as long as you carry through that dua and it ends at the time of adhan. Because there's a principle in Arabic that actions are based according to their ends. So if the khatam, the end of your dua is right when you hear the adhan, then that whole dua can be counted as the time of iftar. This is why you may have noticed that our mashayikh and ulama they used to sit before adhan and they would start making dua before adhan. Although strictly speaking, that's not the time of iftar yet, it's still after, right? But because they were going to make that long dua and they were going to say ameen at iftar and then break their fast, that whole dua comes in the time of kubuli to dua of iftar. So okay now, if you can't sit very long, sit 10 minutes before Maghrib Adhan, sit 5 minutes before Maghrib Adhan, and try to make this a family thing. Try to have the children come and sit. Maybe they join for the last one, two minutes. Make sure the women folk also join and sit. This is also something we've told some of our friends before, that Ramadan is not the month of the piping hot samosa, that the woman has to remain in the kitchen until the Adhan. No. She should also be out of the kitchen, Adhan minus 10 minutes. Everything should be laid out around minus 10 minutes and last 10 minutes or five, however much you can, X number of minutes, but few minutes before Adhan, the whole family should be making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Should be turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time. So this was the uh, next feature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in this month of Ramadan. Then the Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said that when a person who fasts, he will have two happinesses. One is the happiness that breaks his fast. Now what does that mean? It's up to you how happy you choose to be. One is obviously the physical happiness that you get to eat, right? That's the basic happiness that everybody has. That's fine. Allah Ta'ala wants that. This is also the beauty of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is enjoying that happiness of ours. He likes it. He's al-lutif. Allah Ta'ala is a being of subtle subtleties. And He's saying He enjoys the happiness. He's happy to see us be happy. You know like the mother when her son comes from a long day and she puts food out for him and she watches him eat and she's happy, right? That's the happiness with which Allah subhanahu wa looks at us and gazes upon us when we eat, when we break the fast. So we should be happy also even as a physical act. But it can also be a happiness that Allah subhanahu wa I completed a worship for you. I'm happy. Maybe year round I messed up many things. Year round I missed many things. But here Allah Ta'ala you gave me a task. And I'm grateful to you that you let me complete this fast. I completed one day of fasting for you. And that's why you will note that many of our ulama mashayikh, they would teach us that as soon as you break the fast, we make the meals for the very next day. That's, that's the love. That's the excitement. As soon as I break it, you make the meal for the next day also. You make the meal for fasting for the next day also. Then the second happiness is what? So there are two happinesses. One is the breaking the fast. And the second happiness is when Allah says, my servant will meet me on the day of judgment. Allahu Akbar. Now the luck here is that when you're happy about eating, you should get the second happiness and you should be happy that my Allah is going to be happy to meet me. You should think, you should foreshadow the happiness. You should enjoy the happiness of the day of judgment now that that's how happy Allah is with me. 
And this is why Nabi Kareem says in Hadith, As-Sawmudi, wana abzibihi. That this fast is done purely, exclusively for me, and therefore I will myself reward that person on the Day of Judgment. So that means it's beyond the math, beyond any quantifier. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself, when Allah does something Himself, Kama Yaliku Shamhu, He does it as befits His might and majesty, and He is a being, Allahu Zufadun Azeem, who is of tremendous fuzzle, Allahu Zufadun Al Mu'mineen, and He sends that tremendous fuzzle on His believers. So you should be happy, you should think of that. Try, every time you break the fast and eat, you try to think of the happy meeting you will have with Allah SWT in the judgment. And make dua to Allah SWT. Allah SWT, you gave me this happiness. You, you, your beloved Messenger SWT told me there will be two happinesses. The first one I'm having right now, when I'm having the date. The first one is live. The first one I'm having live. But Allah I'm thinking about that second one. I'm thinking about that second one, and when I think about that second happiness, that gives me even more joy than drinking this cool zonzam water. Feel it. Feel these things. These aren't just things to be told or heard and beyond. These are things to be felt and experienced and lived in Ramadan. That's the mission. Every iftar, feel it. Every suhoor, feel it. Feel it. Then you will, your heart will get melted with feelings from the spontaneous. When we can feel his incredible mercy that he sends on us in this month, then our heart will melt with the feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, another major feature that all of you know about in this month is sunnah itikaf. This is another feature. Now, first understand the sunnah of itikaf. What happened was that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was increasing, like I told you, increasing in ibadah, increasing in sadqah, increasing in ibadah, increasing in sadqah, such that it reached such a height that then the Kareem sallallahu for the last 10 days he just pitched up in the masjid and said, now we just want to increase fully in ibadah. We need everything else. And 10 days and nights just do searching for Allah Ta'ala, begging to Allah Ta'ala, crying to Allah Ta'ala, worshipping Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So me and you do it because it's a sunnah teaching, but Nabi Kareem sallallahu did it out of his own inner desire and urge to seek Allah Ta'ala's mercy. So that feeling is sunnah. So have the same sunnah urge, the same sunnah desire. And then the next feature in the last 10 days, as you know, is something called Laylatul Qadr. Khayrun min az Better than 1,000 months, which is like 82 or 83 years. Hmm? Why is that? This is also deep. They were once the Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu was sitting with the Sahabi, Sahaba Kram, and some Sahaba, and he told them a story. And that story was that, that there were four Ibad, four worshipful servants of the Bani Israel, who worshipped Allah Ta'ala non-stop for 80 years. And when the Sahaba Kram heard this, when the Sahaba Kram heard this, they said, oh, you know, because many Sahaba were in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s at that time, he says, oh, we won't be able to worship Allah Ta'ala. We wished. So it's actually the first of the Sahaba for Ibadah. The first of these Azim al-Sha'an, Rabbi Allah Ta'ala, Anum al-Jma'een, Sahaba Kram for Ibadah. Then when the Prophet told them that, instantly their heart raised up. Look how much they loved the Ibadah. Otherwise, they had the best. They had the Prophet Sallam. They had the best thing in the universe. Allah Ta'ala pilgrims them way over any of from Bani Israel. They were Sahaba of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But their thirst for Allah Ta'ala, their love for Allah Ta'ala was when they heard this story that there's some people who worshipped our beloved Allah for 80 years 
and I'm too old, I've been doing my life expectancy, I won't get any more years, they got an unfulfilled thirst in their heart. And Allah Ta'ala honored that unfulfilled thirst of Sahaba Karam. This was the way, you know, this is another beautiful area of tafsir, how and when Allah Ta'ala chose to unfold his revelation. What asbab, we call shan al-azul, sabab al-azul, what events Allah Ta'ala made happen in the life and heart of the Prophet and Sahaba due to which he unfolded and unveiled and revealed his revelation. So it is that when then Allah Ta'ala sent down the surah, inna anzullahu fi layl al-qadr. And then he told them, if you get khairam in al-fishar, it will be even better than 80-something years. Allahu Akbar. So then obviously to search for that night and the, the best way is to search for that night in all of the five odd nights in the 21st, 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th and try and try to spend it all night in worship. If you can't spend it all night as much as you can. But sometimes you have to push yourself. And that's also something in Ramadan. You should try to experience it. How far can I go in Ibadah? How much Qur'an can I recite? What's my favorite surah to recite? What's the favorite name of Allah SWT that I like to recite? Do I like to make Donald together, Ya Rahman? Do I like to say Ya Ghaffar? Do I say Ya Hanan, Ya Manan? Get this, learn these things about yourself. We have hidden, and we, rather we have suppressed these things in ourselves. We don't know anymore. You can ask a person what's your favorite type of bread. They will tell you white or brown or whole grain. You ask them, what's that name of Allah Ta'ala from the Asma'al Husna that you call upon him when you're sad? What's that name of Allah Ta'ala from Husna that you remember when he saved you in an accident? What's that name from Allah Ta'ala from the Asma'al Husna that you call when your son comes home safely? They say, well, I don't know these things. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any particular name from the Asma'al Husna that I used on. That's so sad. <laughs> That's so shameful. We're so distant from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala said, Alhamdulillah, Asma'al Husna, that to Allah Ta'ala belong his infinitely beautiful names. Make dua, call upon Allah Ta'ala. Call upon Allah Ta'ala with your tongue, but also yearn for him in your heart when you keep in mind who he is and how he has revealed himself to be and his sifat and his attributes that are indicated from the small Husna. These are all things, all things. So what did Nabiya Karim Sassam do on that night? What name did he call upon? Allahumma innaka aqoolun kareemun aqoolun kareemun to him bala khafafu anna so maybe he had these words he, he had that, that was his sunnah he had his special ways of talking to Allah he had those names that he would talk to Allah so on that night aqoolun kareemun aqoolun kareemun now we should use that dua number one is follow and ride on the waves of the emotions of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but then make your own du'as on that night think what, what do you feel in your heart on that night what does your heart feel that you are alive on that night that you are alive in Ramadan alive in Layl Fatabah to seek to be in Masjid or home turning to Allah Ta'ala Baba what name comes out try it discover these things about yourself what comes out when your heart turns to Allah Subhanahu these are the things to discover. These are the things to do this coming Ramadan. It's not just about the fast, not just about staying hungry. And you know we should be scared because Sayyidina Rasulullah he said that. But there will be some people who get nothing from the fast 
of Ramadan other than hunger and thirst. Hmm? Now, normally, the way that is understood is because they did some sin, right? So they left eating and drinking for the sake of Allah, but they did not stop sinning. So therefore, they didn't get the taqwa. And 100%, that's the way it's primarily understood. But we should reflect on ourselves. Even if maybe we didn't sin, maybe we spent a day or a week or all 30 days without sinning. But the question is afterwards, and look back at your last year Ramadan, afterwards, have I had anything that I carried over with me? Other than that hunger and thirst, we should be scared. Because if a person says, yes, right now I find myself on 15 Shaban, exactly the same person that I was one year ago on 15 Shaban, well, that means between these two 15 Shabans, it was a whole Ramadan, and if the person saying, I'm not a different person than I was one year ago, it means that they got nothing from last year Ramadan other than hunger and thirst. That's what it means. So we should be scared. And we don't want to spend another Ramadan like that. So our need should be, our dua should be. And to whatever extent or not, Allah Ta'ala may or may not decide anybody's takbir on this night, the reality is that Allah Ta'ala can decide our takbir on any night. In fact, the Sahaba Islam, they once asked Rasulullah this question, that what can change takbir? He said, Al-Amal and Dua. Two things can change takbir. Takbir means our fate. Amal hmm? and Dua. So yes, we should be worried about our long-term takbir. But why don't sometimes we play the small game? Hmm? We're not such really super salahim mutakeen people. So the small game is what? Let's focus tonight on Allah Ta'ala. What will be my takbir in this coming month of Ramadan? It's not from Sunni teaching. I'm just giving you a thought, an idea. What, is, what are you going to decree for me, Allah Ta'ala, in this coming Ramadan? That's not necessarily decided on 15 Shaban. But if a person wants to make dua to Allah SWT, turn to Allah Ta'ala with this fikr for the coming Ramadan, that should be their first fikr. Is this year Ramadan going to be better for me? Is this year Ramadan, am I going to finally get la'allakum tattakun? How many Ramadans will I spend before I get this certificate of taqwa? This should be the fikr that we have. And if your takbir in this Ramadan can be golden, then inshallah this Ramadan can make your whole takbir for the rest of your life golden. Hmm? So you have two weeks left. Hmm? Two weeks left. Intelligent person always prepares in advance. The student who prepares in advance for the exam does well. The person who prepares in advance for the meeting does well. Hmm? The doctor who prepares in advance for the operation does well. So now we have a chance two weeks left chance to prepare in advance for Ramadan. May Allah Ta'ala enable us not just this night, but may Allah Ta'ala enable us to use all of what remains of Shaban, every day and night that remains of Shaban, to enable us to prepare in the best way for this year's coming Ramadan. And may Allah Ta'ala make it, inshallah, the best Ramadan of our life, the life-changing Ramadan of our life, the heart-changing Ramadan of our life, May Allah Ta'ala make us from his muttaqeen mu'mineen, from his salihin mu'mineen, wa akhir da'wana, and alhamdulillahi, zhanbil amaneen. Mayndua, subhanallah, minallah, wa hamdullah, masalli ala sallina wa muhammad, wa ala ala sallina wa muhammad, wa mubarak, wa sallam, 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا اغفر لنا انت خير الراحمين يا الهي رب كريم يا كائن جنس رب يا المصطفى رب يا رب كريم ربس ان بست في الاخره غليل كيف استوفيت ونيل العايد ان شاء الله رمضان كيف استوفيت ونيل العايد في رمضان يا رب كريم انتس اول اوف ذا رحمز اوف رمضان اول ذا مرسيز اوف رمضان اول ذا نور اوف رمضان اول ذا بلسنجز اوف رمضان اول ذا هدايه ان رمضان يا رب كريم وي بريزنت اور هارت تو يو وي بريزنت اور روح تو يو وي بريزنت اور مايند تو يو وي بريزنت اور لايف تو يو We want to give everything for you, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Accept it, Ya Rabbi. Honor us, Ya Rabbi. We have nothing but our broken heart to turn to you. Accept our broken hearts on this night. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, last year we fasted. Previous years we fasted. We became sa'imeen. Ya Rabbi, this year make us from salihin. This year make us from muttakeen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, all of the different things that beloved Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, taught us about Ramadan. We want each and every one. We want to taste it, Ya Rabbi. We want to feel it, Ya Rabbi. We want to experience it, Ya Rabbi. Make every teaching of the sunnah the hal of our heart, the sifat of our heart, the haqiqat of our heart, the asliyat of our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, take us out from all of the follies of the dunya. Take us out from all of our unlawful relations. Take us out from every sinful action. Ya Rabbi Kareem, take us out from the impurity of our thoughts, the impurity of our lust. Make us pure, Ya Rabbi. You are the muzakki haqiqi. Walakillallahi zakki من يشاء يرب كريم دعاء تسكية بيرفع أهارد بيرفع أمايند بيرفع أتانغ بيرفع أهومز يرب كريم ميكس بيران حقوق الرباد ميكس بيران هزبنز يرمين وسين ميكس بيران وايفز ميكس بيران سبوسز ميكس بيران بانز ميكس بيران تشودرن ميكس بيران فرنز ميكس بيران فلو مليون تو إيش أبغى يرب كريم تكر أبغى أسبكت أبغى أنفي فما هارد أبغى جلسي فما هارد تكر أبغى برايم وأرغنس فما هارد Take out every unlawful anger from our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, take out all the greed from our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, soften our hearts, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Soften our hearts towards the poor. Soften our hearts towards the needy. Soften our hearts to the oppressed. Ya Rabbi Kareem, bless that you rescue the oppressed, Ya Rabbi. Protect the oppressed, Ya Rabbi. Ya Rabbi Kareem, send your hidayah on the zalimeen. If hidayah is on the takbir, then protect us from the zone, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi, make special dua for all the muslimin of the ummah, the mutasirin of the ummah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make it a beautiful Ramadan for them, a loving Ramadan for them. Grant them food for their suhoor, grant them food for their iftar, grant them food for their children, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Children, your special khas rahma, Ya Rabbi. Let us be a sabr for that mercy. Select us for khidma, Ya Rabbi. Select us for dawah, Ya Rabbi. Select us for ibadah, Ya Rabbi. Select us for ilm, Ya Rabbi. Select us for zikr, Ya Rabbi. Select us for all of the practices of deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem. The same way, Ya Rabbi, when it was yom alashd, and you gave up on our ruh, and you selected us for iman. The same way, Ya Rabbi, select us for the haqiqat of iman, the asliyat of iman, the halal, the pleasure of iman, the sweetness of iman, the taste of iman. Select us for taqwa, Ya Rabbi Kareem. When you selected us for iman, select us for taqwa, Ya Rabbi. Select us for haya, Ya Rabbi. Select us for zikr, Ya Rabbi. Ya Rabbi Kareem, I ask you forgiveness for all the sins that we ever did. We heard tonight so much of your mercy and makhfir is going to come in Ramadan. But you are Rahim and Kareem. You are Rafur and Ghafar. You are Aham and Rahimeen. If it is your will and wish, Ya Rabbi, and you are Aful and Kareem, to him will offer a qaqwa anna, Ya Rabbi. Walkul lana, Ya Rabbi. Walhamna, Ya Rabbi. You can forgive us on this night, Ya Rabbi. If it is your karam and fazal, Ya Rabbi, you can forgive us even 